Let us begin a beautiful daf ahead of us today. Let's begin by thanking our sponsor, our sponsors for the month of ER, Yon and Shashi Ehrenfeld, for dedicating all the Sherman Drushos this month in memory of Yonah's grandfather, Yosef Ben Shmuel Aaron Zichon Libracha. Benjamin and Elise Wall of Netanya Eretz Yisrael for dedicating the Shurim this month in memory of Moshe Chaim Ben Tzvi Hirsch Zichron Libracha, a week of learning sponsor, Hilary Jacobson Kent in commemoration of the airsight of her daughter Shifra Baschan Adina, and our Dafyomi sponsors for today, Josh and Miriam Brum, in honor of the Bas Mitzvah of their daughter Gittel Suri. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, this young lady should grow up to become an incredible Bas Yisrael and Akaris Abayis, all of the Nisham Shav Aliyah, and the families in Nechama. And I will say with that, let us, let us begin. So a lot to do today, Baruch Hashem, a beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us. Today's daf is Pe'alif, 51. And we are up to, we are up to, Baruch Hashem, Pe'amud Beis, 50B. So we left off yesterday, we left off, 80, sorry, 80B, sorry. We left off on Pema Bay's 80B, and we left off at Itmar. So we'll say it is two, four, six, eight lines up from the bottom. A really fascinating sugi ahead of us, says the Gemara, Itmar. Simani Sris. So we'll say, remember again, we ended off yesterday's daf with a pretty comprehensive list of the various Simanim, the various traits that would identify someone as a Sris. Right, as a sris. Remember, again, I will say sris is the generic term for someone who is sterile. The more halachically specific term, let's say for a man, would be a kroshavcha, pitsuadaka, but also sris. And for a woman, ultimately, once she's been confirmed as a sris, it's known as islandess. Islandess. So the Gemara says as follows. So simani sris. So when you have all of these simanim, ravuna amar achiukulam, Rafuna says a person is only considered to be a sris once he possesses all of these, we'll call it qualities, or simanim, simanim. Otherwise, we'll say in that, in that list, remember again, that we, we had, it was a pretty exhaustive list, right? Urine doesn't create a foam. There's no arc in the urine. Sheikh Vazera, the, the semen is, is watery. The, 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 the urine doesn't putrefy, washes during the winter, and his, his skin does not create steam. Again, it's similar by Islandess. So Rafuna says, in order to be considered a sris, you need to have all of these simonim. Rabbi Yochanan, Amr, no. Afilu be'echamer. Rabbi Yochanan says, no, not true. Even if a person has one of these simonim, that is enough to go ahead and make him into a sris. So we'll say, let's analyze this a little bit. So it says the Gemara, Hecha dehevi shtei sa'aros bezakan, koli amalo pligi kulon. So we'll say, now watch this. It depends. See, we'll say, remember, in this discussion, it's not necessarily an all or nothing. In other words, you could have a person who exhibits certain signs of maturity, but yet seems to be stunted in other areas. For example, the Gemara says like this, if the man in question brought two sarzak, and he has two hairs on his beard, two hairs on his beard, but I will say, but there are other simanim that we see that are concerning. So ultimately, if you have two hairs on your beard, everyone agrees that in order to be considered a sris, you would have to have all of the other simanim, which I will say makes sense. Why? Because two, two hairs of a beard ultimately, again, represents some level of physical maturation. So yet there's all these other concerning signs. So the Gemara says, if you have two hairs on your beard, 
But Lamaisa, then to be a Sris, you would need all of the other Simanim. Keep Ligi. So I'll say, where's the Machlokas? Bishalo heavy, Bishalo heavy. The Machlokas is between Rafuna and Rabbi Yochanan is in a case where a person did not bring, does, doesn't have, doesn't have, doesn't have hairs of a beard. So then the Shaila is, do you need all of the Simanim or one of the Simanim? So the Gemara says, Keep Ligi Bishalo heavy. But I will say, what about the following case? It's actually a shahaya. What happened? Rabbi Baravua said to the Rabbanon, I knew Bey Barav Nachman, Ibisara Ma'ala Hevel. So they so listen to this. Rabbi Baravuna was saying, to, was, what was entertaining taking Rav Nachman as a son in law, as a match for his daughter? He was concerned that Rav Nachman did not seem to have physical signs of maturity. So he, so Rav, so Rabbi Baravu so says to Rabbanon, do me a favor, hang around with Rav Nachman a little bit, and see Ibisara Ma'alahevel, it was winter time, and see, you know, when he bathes, when he bathes, does his skin produce a vapor, right? Does, does it produce heat? So go, go and check. So I'll say, and if, and if it's so, if it does, Ace of Libras, I'll go ahead and I'll marry off my daughter to him. So I will say, now look at Rashi for just a moment. Ace of Libras, Alma, cave on the last new Kulu Simon Isris, the Bitsarle Hai, Lomachaskin like Isris. So we'll say, the way Rashi understands this is as follows. Rav Nachman apparently had all of the other Simonim of Isris. He had all of these Simonim. So Rabbi Baravua says, the only Simon I don't know is whether or not his skin emits vapor. So go see. If his skin emits vapor, then that means that what? He doesn't have all of the simanim of a siris, and therefore I'll be comfortable going ahead and giving my daughter to him. Kiman, kirafuna. Rabbi says, so this seems to reflect the view of Rafuna that halacha you're only a siris, you're only a siris if you have all of these qualities. To which the Gemara says, no, 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 lo, kirav nachman. No, no, in fact, Rabbi Baravu says, like Rav Nachman, so what was different about this case? Sihi dikna havile. I will say, interestingly enough, Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman ultimately had a couple of hairs in his beard. Rashi says over here, sihi dikna, yisidos hazakan, kilomar bekam mokomos hayilasar bezikno. He had, you know, like a little bit, a little patch here, a little patch there. He had a couple of, of hairs. So must remember, what do we say before? When you have hairs in your beard, so you're only a sris if when? If you have all of the other simanim. So that's why Rabbi Baravu was saying to the Rabbana, look, I see a lot of the other simanim by Rav Nachman. The only one I don't know is the skin vapor test. Right? So see what's happening over there. If if Emir Hashem is skin emits the vapor, then he's not a sris. He's not a sris. And Halach HaLamaisa, I'll marry off my daughter to him. They both say, interestingly enough, Halach HaLamaisa, so the Rambam accepts the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan that one does not have to have all of these simanim in order to be considered a sris. Rather, again, the presence of even some of these simanim under certain circumstances, depending which simon, even one of the simanim would be enough to confirm a person as a sris. Okay, let's go back there. So I'll say, interestingly enough, so remember again, the Mishnah said that a sris does not do chalitza, does not do yibum. Right? Now, I remember again, in the Mishnah made a distinction between the Sris Chama and the Sris Adam, right? That the Sris Chama, the person who's naturally born that way, at least according to Rabbi Akiva, actually, I'm sorry, according to Rabbi Eliezer, was permitted to do it. But the Mishnah says, okay, a Sris, a, a sris does not do chalitza and does not do yibum. 
Same thing with an islandess. So Rebbe says, interesting. Katoni sris dumya da islandess. Rebbe says, it is interesting that in this case where the Mishnah says that a sris doesn't do chalitza, the Mishnah is comparing a sris to an islandess. And what does that teach me? Ma islandess bide shamayim. See, Rebbe says, it's interesting. Only in the case of sris is there this distinction between a sris chamo and a sris adam, a person naturally born this way or a person who was injured. By islandess, there's no such distinction, right? By islandess, every case of islandess is what? Is what? Born that way. Born that way. So the Gemara says, the, the, the term itself, in other words, you could have a woman who's, let's say, infertile because of other injuries that occur, but that's not called an islandess. An islandess is a very specific situation of a woman who's born with an inability to have children. So it's interesting, the Gemara says over here that the Mishnah is linking the Sris and the Islandist. The Mishnah says, just like the Sris doesn't do Chalitza, so to the Islandist doesn't do Chalitza. To which the Gemara says, this teaching me a very important lesson. Katoni Sris, the Islandist, Ma Islandist Bide Shamayim, just like an Islandist is Bide Shamayim, she's born this way. Af Sris Bide Shamayim. Ultimately, again, a sris that we're talking about is also bide shamayim. Ustama kerabi akiva da'amar bide adam in bide shamayim. Remember again, this was the position of Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva holds that a sris adam can do chalitza. Why? What's his? Remember, what was Rabbi Akiva's logic? Rabbi Akiva's logic was ha'wil v'ha'yelo shas hakosher. Since his status is a result of an injury, that means there was a point in time where he wasn't like this. He had a point in time where he was kasha to do chalitza, where again, the Gemara said he could have affected marriage. And therefore, according to Rabbi Akiva, halach is permitted to go ahead and do chalitza. So the Gemara is just pointing out, this statement seems to back up Rabbi Akiva's, Rabbi Akiva's approach. Good. Weiter. Hasar shechalas livim to lo pasla. say along the same lines. There's a progression, obviously. So, right, we just established that a sris doesn't do chalitza. will say, what happens if a sris did do chalitza? So, a simple case. Two brothers, Reuven and Shimon. Reuven's married. Reuven's married. Dies without children. His wife, his wife Rachel, falls to Shimon for Yibum. Shimon is a sris. Is a sris. Shabbos say, what does Shimon do regarding Yibum? No Yibum, no Chalitza, nothing, nothing. Shabbos say, now again, I'm, I'm sidestepping the Machlokis over here of, well, what type of sris is Shimon, right? Because that, let's leave it on the side for just a moment. So I'll say, the, but let, so, so there's no Chalitza, no Chalitza, no Yibum by Shimon. I, so what happens, what happens if Shimon does do Chalitza? But if he does do Chalitza, so the Mishnah said, Lo Pasla. What does Lopasla mean? He does not go ahead and make his sister-in-law into a chalusa, which would then preclude her from marrying a Kohen. So, say, so essentially, it's another way of saying that if Shimon does chalitza, what is the status of the chalitza? What's the status of it? Meaningless. Meaningless. Meaningless and purposeless. It just, it just does not matter for anything. To which the Gemara says, now, interestingly enough, the Mishnah said, however, what happens if Shimon the Sris has relations with his sister-in-law. So it's not Yibum, but it's an act of Znus. And ultimately, again, that would preclude her from marrying a Kohen. To which the Gemara says, time of the The reason ultimately, again, why he would preclude her from marrying a Kohen is because he had relations with her. Ha'acher lo. And I will say what's interesting about this is, now look at Rashi, by the way, last Rashi in the Daf, time of the Ba'alohu. 
If Shimon has relations with Rachel, so ultimately again, she, he precludes her from marrying a Kohen. Why? Because that act of relations renders her a Zona. Right? Because remember again, she's now had relations with her brother-in-law, Shalom B'makom Mitzvah. Which is which is Asr, a very serious Isr. So therefore, again, that act of relations precludes her from marrying a coin because now she is a zona. The Rabbah say, interesting enough, the Gemara says, Ha'acher lo. What if Rachel, what if Rachel were to have relations with another man? Another man. So we can infer from the Mishnah that Halachalamaisa, that would not that act of relations would not preclude her from marrying a coin. Tap of Pe'alif, Lema Tehavitiuf to the Rafamluna. This seems to refute the position of, of Rav Hamluna, because what does Rav Hamluna say? The Amar, the Amar, Shomeres Yavam Shezinsa, Psula, right? Psuli Yavama, ultimately, Psuli Yavama. So we'll say, so ultimately again, um, right? So Shomeres Yavam Shezinsa, Psula. But we'll say, so what do you see from here? So according, according to Rav Hamluna, he holds that a Shomeres Yavam, a woman waiting for Yibam, who has relations with another man, is now psula psula liyavama. I'm sorry. Rashi says or psula liyavama keishes ish shezinsa shasur labayla. The chayvan the zonot supposed to listen to this. It's actually a fascinating case. Shimon dies. I'm sorry. Reuven dies. Leaves behind the widow Rachel, right? And Sh- and Reuven leaves behind the brother Shimon. Just a regular yibum. Okay, forget about forget about forget about Swiss for just a moment. So what happens now? Rachel is waiting for him. She's a shomeres yavam. Rachel now goes and has relations with Yehuda, unrelated man. Rav Hamluna says she is now prohibited to do Yibam with Shimon. Why? Because they're both saying, essentially, we look at it as if she committed an act of adultery. That since there's a Zika, since there's a Zika, right? Since there's a Zika, there's a marital bond. She now had relations with another man. We'll say, what's Talacha by adultery? Asr Labal Ulaboel. The adulteress becomes prohibited to her husband and to the man with whom she committed adultery with. So we'll say, what do you see from here? You see from here that according to Rav when a Shomeras Yavam has relations with another man who is not her Yavam, that makes her into a Zona. That makes her into a Zona. So the Gemara is just saying that Halach our Mishnah, must not reflect the view of Rav Because Rav Hamnuna makes it sound like the only act of relations that would make Rachel, the Yavama, <coughs> a Zona, <coughs> excuse me, Izona and precluded from marrying into the Kuna is relations with her Sris Yavam. But relations with another man would not make her a Zona. To which the Gemara says, Lo, it's not true. No, no, no. We, we accept Rafam Luna's position. If the Yavama were to have relations with another man who's not her Yavam, that would make her a Zona and preclude her from marrying into the Kuna. Tana nami seifa bedidei. The Gemara says, it's just Mishnaic symmetry. Since the beginning of the Mishnah was talking about the impact of relations with the Sris Yavam, so too we maintained that textual symmetry throughout as well. Incredible. The Chayn Eilinisha, excuse me. Sorry. The Chayn Eilinis, the Chayn Eilinis Shechaltzula Achen. So I'll say, remember again, same idea the Mishnah said. If you have an islandess, if you have an islandess, and the brothers did chalitza with her, what's the impact of the chalitza on the islandess? And the answer is nothing. 
right? Because she's not subject to chalitza. However, however, if one of the brothers had relations with her, then Einachinami, that would preclude her from marrying into the, into, into the kahuna. The reason why, because there's relations. But I will say, interestingly enough, if there were no relations, then the islandess would just be a widow. And as a widow, she'd be permitted to marry a coin. To which the Imar says, Kiman, Tilok Rabbi Huda. It's not like Rabbi Huda. Why? It's actually passing. The Rabbi Huda Ha'amar Islandess Zonahi. I will say, this is absolutely fascinating. Rabbi Huda holds that an islandess is a zona. Now, what does that mean? Right? A zona is a very specific. Now, here's what's interesting. We actually have seen this before. When we see the word zona, we automatically think, right? Immorality. Immorality. Rabbi Huda holds zona is more of a category, is more of a category. So I'll say, so take a look at Rashi. So the Amr Island is zona he. I realize that's an open ended question. If I say, if I ask zona, what do you think? Probably not a good question to throw out. Good. So the Gemara says as follows Hamar Island is zona he. Look, look at Rashi. Look at Rashi. So Rashi says, so we'll say, essentially, essentially what Rabbi Huda says is that any woman with whom a normative marriage cannot be affected essentially has the status of zona. So therefore he would hold an islandess, an islandess, which Rabbi say, who cannot affect a normative marriage, cannot affect a normative marriage and that there's no possibility of the fulfillment of the mitzvah puri of Arivia, ultimately falls into the zona status. Okay, our Mishnah clearly does not reflect that view. Good. Now we'll say, let's go weiter, Mishnah. Now the Mishnah is continuing on the same topic. Well, s- same topic, but different application. Sris Chama Kohen, Shenyasa Bas Yisrael. So we'll say, here we go. Let's say you have a Kohen. You have a Kohen, and this Kohen is a Sris Chama, which means he was born, he was born with, with this condition. And he marries a Bas Yisrael. So we'll say, so remember again, our Mishnah, our Mishnah is reflecting the view, is reflecting the view, ultimately again, of, right, of, of the previous issue, that Halach HaLamaysa, Asris Chama, has the ability to affect marriage. Has the ability to affect marriage. So therefore we'll say, when it says, Pitsudako Khrushchevcha Lo Yovo Bekal Hashem, that's talking about Sris Adam. Asris Adam. So therefore, says says the Mishnah, if a Sris Chama goes ahead, Sris Chama was a coin, marries marries Abbas Yisrael, Machila Bitruma, he entitles her to Truma, which Abbas tells you what? If he entitles her to Truma, what does that tell you? What does that tell you? It's a normative marriage. It's a normative marriage. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Shimon Omrim. So we'll say again, that's that's fact one. Rashi says over here, Sris Chama, Kohen, Ava Sris Adam, Mifsal, Nami, Pasala, Mitruma, Tebei Nasha, so, okay, good. So it says, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Shimon, Omrim, Adrogenes, Kohen, Shenas, Abbas, Yisrael, Machil, Betruma. Wow, fascinating. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Shimon, hold that if you have a Kohen who is an androgynous, right? An androgynous Kohen who goes ahead and marries Abbas, Yisrael, he allowed, that marriage allows her to eat Truma. Fascinating. Look at Rashi. Actually, don't not, not yet. Not yet. Actually, look at it. Fine, Rashi says Machid b'Truma. The Kaman mefarish b'Truma b'Zman Azed Rabbanon. Avab b'Midi da'Arais Salo. My time is Safekish Safekish. Obviously, we're going to see that when the Mishnah says that an androgynous coin who marries a woman enables his wife to eat Truma, that's talking about Truma b'Zman Hazak, contemporary Truma, which is Rabbanon. 
which is the Rabbanon. Okay, so the Gemara says, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Tumtum Shenik Ravinim Tzazachar. If you have a Tumtum, remember again, who's the Tumtum? This is a person who has a membrane over the sexual organs, so we don't know what the gender of this person is. So let's say the membrane is opened, Vinim Tzazachar, and it turns out that he's a man. Lo Yachlots, he still doesn't do Chalitza. Why? Ultimately, because even though his gender, right, even though his gender has been revealed, we assume that such an individual, by definition, is sterile, is a sris. Therefore, again, no, no chalitza. Androgynous, no se avalonisa. So we'll say, interestingly enough, an androgynous can marry, but cannot be married by someone else. Now, what does this mean? An androgynous who marries a woman, such a marriage will be effective. But if a man marries an androgynous, such a marriage is not effective. Which essentially is, is saying what? That we treat an androgynous as a man, l'chumra. That's pretty much what so Therefore, if he marries a woman, we look at that marriage as valid, at least on a rabbinic level. But he cannot marry a man. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, androgynous chayoven alav skila kizachar. To the point Rabbi Eliezer says, that if one androgynous marries, marries if, if a man marries an androgynous or has relations with an androgynous, we treat that like mishkav zachar, like a homosexual behavior, like a homosexual relationship, and ultimately again one would be chayiv skila for such a relationship. Okay, so we'll say that's the mishnah. So let's let's analyze. So we'll say let's t- let's take a look at the first case. What was the first case? You have a kohen sris chama who marries a bas yisrael. Kohen Sris Chama, who marries a Bas Yisrael. So we'll say, under that circumstance, Halacha Lamaisa, under that circumstance, Halacha Lamaisa, what do we say? That, I'm sorry, under that circumstance, what do we say? That he enables her to Truma, which the Gemara says, Pshita. Okay, like, what's, 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 what's the Pshat? In other words, that's, that's obvious. Once you say, we'll say, remember again, what's the Bas Yisrael's ticket teeting, what, what's her ticket teeting Truma? A valid marriage. So once you tell me that she can marry a Sris Chama, what, what more really is there to talk about? To which the Gemara says something very interesting. So the Gemara says, mm-hmm. him, what, what would you have thought? Molid ma'achil, molid ma'achil. You might have thought that maybe only a union that's capable of producing children enables her to eat, but a union that's not capable of producing children doesn't allow her to eat. Now, both say, why would you have a havamina that only a union which produces children? Because what's the thing about this? Remember again, Abbas Yisrael, if her husband dies, what enables her to continue to eat truma? Children. So, so you might have thought like offspring. By the way, we've seen already before, it doesn't just have to be children. It could also potentially be what? Grandchildren. But the idea is offspring. Offspring is what allows her to continue. So you might have thought that her only license to eat truma is when she is in a relationship that will allow for the continuity of that truma consumption. What type of relationship allows for continuity of truma consumption? A relationship that could produce children. But in this case, she's married to a sris chama. There is no possibility for children. Kamash malon, no. Kamash malon, it's a legal marriage. A, a, A legal marriage, which allows for her truma consumption, and therefore, again, this is a legal marriage. And therefore, Allah Chalamais, even though can't produce children, she can eat truma. Incredible. Let's go back to Amrish Lakish. So, I'm sorry, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Shimon, Omer, Androgynous. What's the next case in the Mishnah? Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Shimon said, well, this is actually very, very interesting, an androgynous Kohen who married a Bas Yisrael, he enables her to eat truma. 
just understand, just understand the, the godless of that is, what's the status of an androgynous? What's the status of an androgynous? Suffolk. Suffolk. So, we'll say, so, so remember, remember again, remember, let's play this out. There's one or two possibilities about the nature of this marriage. What are the two possibilities? Right, so androgynous Cohen marries a Bas Yisrael. What, what are the two possibilities of the marriage? Either it's good, right? It's good, it's a man marrying a woman, or it's two women. Now, we'll say, now the saving grace if it's two women is we just had this Kimara just a couple of days ago that if two women engage in, in a relationship with each other, so again, it's pritzos. It's pritzos, but it does not violate the oraisas. So that, that's kind of how we hedge our bets a little bit. So the Gemara says, interestingly enough, here is the problem. How does that actually allow for truma consumption? So says, Very interesting. Rishlokish says, this type of marriage will enable the Bas Yisrael to eat truma, but not chazei v'shok. Most remember again, chazei v'shok is the chest and the leg of an animal. Whenever you go ahead and shecht an animal, whenever you shecht a bear, Beis is standing, there is matnos kuna, portions you have to give to the coin. Whenever you shecht an animal, whatever you shecht, you give the chest and you give the leg, the foreleg to the Kohen. So Reish Lakish says this type of marriage will allow this woman to eat truma, but won't allow her to go ahead and eat chazei v'shok, chest and leg. Rabbi Yochanan says, no, she could even eat chazei v'shok. What's going on over here? I will say, now if you look at Rashi, Rabbi Yochanan says, af ma'achila dezachra ma'al yuhu. And I will say, so remember again, what it sounds like is, Reish Lakish says, you can't eat chazei v'shok. Why? What are we concerned about? Maybe the androgynous is a woman. It's not a, it's not a valid marriage. Rabbi Yochanan seems to say, no, she can eat chazei v'shok because we treat, we treat, we treat, um, we treat an androgynous like a zohar, like a man. So we'll say, let's analyze this. So Reish Lakish you said the androgynous, right? The wife of the androgynous cannot eat chazeva shok because maybe he's a woman, or maybe it's a woman. Maybe it's a woman. So if that's the case, I don't understand. It can't eat chazeva shok. Why can't she eat? Why can't the Bas Yisrael wife of an androgynous Kohen, right? Bas Yisrael wife of an androgynous Kohen, why can't she eat chazeva shok? I, because that's Doraisa. Trumanami Doraisa. Truman's also Doraisa. Right? So why can she eat Truma? Oh, what are we talking about? When the Mishnah says that the, that the wife of an androgynous coin could eat Truma, what type of Truma are we referring to? Truma Bismanazek, contemporary Truma, which is Dirabanon. Dirabanon. Ava Bismanche Besamiktosh Kayimai. I, but when the Besamikdash stands or stood and Amir Tashem will stand again, what's going to be the halacha? What's going to be the halacha? Lo, the wife, the wife, the Basi straw wife of an androgynous Kohen will not be permitted to eat truma. Say, so I just want to point out something really incredible. So I will say, here, here is where we're holding right now. First of all, I will say, I have to tell you, the most startling piece of this entire discussion is what so far? What's the most startling? It's hard to discern what's the most startling piece of all this. I will say, what is startling about this is we've gone through our entire lives thinking that everyone agrees androgynous is suffolk. And yet, what do you see coming out over here? Not everyone agrees to that. There are opinions who definitively treat androgynous as zdachar, as a man. Riveting. 
absolutely riveting. So, so again, that, 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 that's what's most startling about this. You have Rabbi Yochanan essentially saying, no, androgynous is a man. Androgynous is a man. Which is why that if a, if a coin, if an androgynous coin marries a woman, she could eat chazeb and shruma. Doraisas. This guy is a man. This guy is a man. So I'll say, but again, now, now we're reframing something. Now what we're saying is, our Mishnah is treating androgynous as suffix. A suffix. So I, if androgynous is suffix, then when the androgynous coin goes in and marries Abbas Yisrael, how is she permitted to eat truma? To which the Gemara says, truma bizman contemporary truma, truma dirabaran. But in Achinami, an androgynous coin who marries Abbas Yisrael does not entitle her to eat anything of a da'oraisa status. Only dirabaran. So let's analyze. Says the Gemara. If that's the case, if that's the case of Osei, then why do you even have to bring in Chazei V'Shok? Just make a distinction in Truma itself and say the following. When is this so that an androgynous coin enables his Basi wife to consume Truma? So again, don't bring in Chazei V'Shok. Why do you even have to bring that in? Make the distinction itself within Truma. When does an androgynous coin enable his Bas Yisrael wife to eat Truma? With Truma Dirabanan, contemporary Truma, but with Truma Daraisa, he would not enable her to do so. To which the Gemara says, Hachanami Ka'amar. The Gemara says, Kishu Machila, Machila Bitruma Bismana Zed Dirabanan. Ve'ain Machila Bisman Chazay Vishok, Vafilu Bitruma Dirabanan. Wow. To which the Gemara says, you're right. Here's the point that we're trying to make. When we say, let me read that once more. When we say that an androgynous coin has the ability to enable his wife, T-Truma, what type of truma? So the Gemara says, That's saying he enables her to eat contemporary, contemporary truma, which is drabanan. But I will say, listen to this. But wherever there is, wherever if you wherever there is a point in time where chazev is being consumed, ultimately again, not only can she not eat chazev but she wouldn't even be permitted to eat truma dirabanan during that time. Why? Now, I'll say this is fascinating. So there's really two halachas happening over here. Halacha number one, I will say, is that a wife of an androgynous coin is permitted to eat truma dirabanan. But when is she permitted to eat truma dirabanan? Only, only when there is no such thing as truma daoraisa. Because I will say, listen to this. If there, if so, and when is there, when is there truma daoraisa, by the way? When is truma daoraisa that exist? When there's a base amikdash, when there's chazei v'shok, so when there's no chazei v'shok or truma da'oraisa, wife of an androgynous kohen could eat truma dirabanan. Fine. But I will say, if when there's chazei v'shok, she certainly can't eat that. And when there's chazei v'shok, so she can't eat chazei, which is da'oraisa, she can't eat truma da'oraisa, but she wouldn't, even, she wouldn't even be permitted to eat truma dirabanan. Why? Why? Lest you come to give her truma da'oraisa. So it's only contemporarily 
where the only thing we have is Chuma de Rabbanon, and therefore there's no concern that if you let her eat Chuma de Rabbanon, she's going to come to eat something da'araisa that the wife of an androgynous coin could consume. But again, it, were she to live in a time where there are matnos kuna da'araisa, Chuma da'araisa, she would not even be permitted to eat Chuma de Rabbanon lest she come to eat Chuma da'araisa. I will say, by the way, just to distinguish between Chuma de Rabbanon and Chuma da'araisa, there's two different types of Chuma Dirabanan. For example, for example, today, today, right, there's a Chuma Dirabanan. But even when Chuma's Daoraisa, Chuma's Maestro and Chuma Daoraisa, ultimately, again, Chuma Dirabanan, I will say, is not every type of food item is subject to Chuma obligation Midaoraisa. Some foods only have a biblical obligation in Chuma. We're going to discuss this in just a bit. So what the Gemara is saying is like this, Chuma Dirabanan you could give her when there's no possibility of Chuma Daraisa. But if there's a possibility of Chuma Daraisa, she can't even eat Chuma Dirabanan lest you come to give her Chuma Daraisa. Beautiful, beautiful, great. So says the Gemara, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan, he says, Af ma'achila b'chazei v'shok. Now Rabbi Yochanan Rabbi Yochanan is obviously of the opinion that an androgynous is a man. So because androgynous is a man, therefore that marriage enables her to just eat everything. So he, she could even eat chazei v'shok. Amrli Rabbi Yochanan Reish Lakish. So Rabbi Yochanan said to Reish Lakish, let me ask you, mi savris, truma bizmana zed rabbanon. So we'll say, now let's, let's kind of like pull out of this a little bit. So, so forgive my androgynous for just a moment. So we'll say, at the root of this is the nature, is the, is the, is the nature of truma bizmana zed. So Rabbi Yochanan said to Reish Lakish, tell Reish Lakish, do you hold that truma bismanaza, right? Contemporary truma, ultimately again is is dirabanon, is dirabanon. Amrali in says, yes, I do. Shani shonen, because I'll tell you, I'll give you halacha that proves this point. Listen to this. Eagle baagolim ola. So I'll say, here's the case. This is a case. Eagle I'll say is a cake of pressed figs. So imagine for a moment you have a cake of pressed figs of truma that falls into other cakes of pressed figs that are chulin. Ola means it's bottle. It's bottle. So we'll say, take a look at Rashi. Rashi says over here, Sha'ani, Sha'ani Shona, Brisa, here we go. Eagle shall truma, bottle b'meya shall chulin. So we'll say, listen to this. If you have a cake of pressed figs, an eagle, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna stop translating. Eagle means a cake of pressed figs. You have an eagle of truma that got mixed in with a hundred other cakes of chulin, O eagle shall truma t'meya, batal b'kufi gulim shall truma Torah. Or for that matter, one eagle of truma t'meya that got mixed in with a hundred cakes of regular truma, of truma Torah. So we'll say, now what's ta'alacha? So Reish Lagish, what's ta'alacha? It's batal. It's batal in a ratio of 100 to 1. Now here's what's interesting. So it says Reish Lagish, v'chuma b'zman Kevan the eagle dover chashafu, the dark old imanus, lo bottle, afa got the chuma stain in drabanon, holo chuma daraisa na hages, lo mavatlina drabanon, zero rabana at the So I'll say, listen to this. Sreish Lakish says the fact that chuma tamea, or for that matter, chuma is bottle and chulin in a 100 to 1 ratio, tells us that what? Chuma bizman hazeh is drabanon. Because we'll say if chuma was daraisa, this would not be bottle. Now, I will say, why would this not be bottle? Why would a cake of pressed figs? Let's say, just take a simple case. I have a cake of pressed figs of truma that falls into a hundred other cakes of chulin. They all look the same, obviously. Right? So, Rishlag is saying it's bottle in a ratio of a hundred to one. 
that must mean that truma is drabanon. Because if truma is da'araisa, bitl should not work. Why would bitl not work? Srabosai, we're going to get into this now. But we assume the cake of pressed figs is something called a davar shebeminyan. Davar shebeminyan, Rabosai, is something that has a unique singular identity. Right? That each cake is looked at as its own individual identity. We're going to see what it also means is these are items that are sold as individual units and are never sold in, or, or are not normally sold in bulk. Under normal circumstances, if something has a daraisa entity, it should not be bottle. The fact that it's bottle means that halacha lamaisa only has a rabbinic identity and not a biblical one. This is Rachel Lakish's proof. To which Rabbi Yochanan responds, but one second, But one second, Rabbi Yochanan says back, but I'll give you another case. Look at Rashi. Next Rashi. Rabbi Yochan says, but one second, I'll tell you a different case. If a piece of, well, say imagine for a moment, you have a piece of chatos meat, and it gets mixed together with your prime rib, right, that you were going to have for dinner. So Rabbi Yochan says, it's bottle. Now, I'll say, a piece of chatos, I'll say, there's one thing that's clear. There's no such thing as what? No such thing as what? Chatos dirabanon, right? Right, right? There's no such thing, right? Chatos daraisa. So Rabbi Yochanan says, I'm going to show you a case of the Araisas that are bottle. So Rabbi Yochanan, before we get into the substance of this, what Rabbi Yochanan is trying to show Rish Lakish is Rish Lakish was trying to prove that from the fact that an eagle of Truma gets mixed in with Hulan and his bottle, that indicates to us that the Truma is Dirabanan. To which Rabbi Yochanan responds, not necessarily, Bittal is not indicative of necessarily rabbinic status. I'll give you a case of Doraisa, piece of chatos that gets mixed in with the rest of your, with the rest of your permitted prime rib. Halacha lamaisa, now again, it's bottle. Obviously, chatos is Doraisa, so Bittal is not indicative of rabbinic status. Now, I'll go back to Rashi for just a moment. Now, Rashi points out over here something very interesting. In the last couple lines of Rashi, V'yafagav de darko limonos dami, sabris kosha darko limonos shaninu, we're going to now we're going to now get into a fundamental machlokas. I, I, we're going to come back to Rashi. Let us say what's driving all of this is as follows. Well, actually, let's let's read it inside. Says the Gemara, "Mi savris," to which Rish Lakish responds, "Mi savris." Kol shedarko limonos shaninu, es shedarko limonos shaninu. I'll say, wow. Okay, a little bit of Hilchos Bittel. Here we go. Here we go. Normally, you'll both say, an item gets mixed into another. Depending on the nature of the mixture, the type of items in the mixture will determine the halachos of Bittel. As you mentioned before, there's something called a davar shebeminyan. So I'll say, davar shebeminyan means an item that has an individual identity. And any item that has an individual identity is not bata. I'll say, let me illustrate this. I'll give you a good example of an item that doesn't have an individual identity. What's a good item that doesn't have an individual identity? Right? Drop of milk, right? But that, that's a, but it has to be something that is a grape. A grape. A grape is, is an individual item, but no one buys a grape, right? You buy a cluster, you buy a three pound, whatever, a pound, right? No one buys, but a, a grape, a grape is an individual, because right? a drop of milk is not an individual thing, right? A grape is an individual thing. 
but it's always sold as part of a group. One can make the argument, even an egg, even an egg. No one buys an egg. Did Dovi Elman say an egg? Is that, was that the tap on the shoulder? Good. Hey, right, so that's good. So, right, so ultimately, again, an egg. Right, an egg is a perfect example. An egg is a perfect example. Right, that lemaisa again. No one buys an egg. You buy a dozen eggs, two dozen eggs. So I will say, that, that, so here's, so, so in, in, as opposed to, let's, let's, give, let's give a dramatic example of this. Uh, a Davar Sheba Minyan. Um, all right, actually, we'll give examples in just a moment. So let's say, so here, here, here's the question. So a Davar Sheba Minyan means something that is sold as an individual item. Sold as an individual item. I'm sorry? All right, so the truth is, actually, a good example of this is actually going to be a cake of pressed figs. That's going to be a good example. Right? We don't have to look too far. Right? So an eagle is often sold as an, right, as an individual cake. A person buys a cake. Now, let's say, here's what's interesting. In order to become a Davar Sheva Minyan, does it have to be that the item is exclusively, exclusively sold as an individual entity or that it's often sold as an individual entity but sometimes sold as bulk? So both say, this is where the cake of pressed figs comes in because it's actually quite fascinating. A cake of pressed figs is often sold as individual cakes but sometimes it's sold in bulk. Sometimes it's sold in bulk. So both say, look at the Lashen. So I'm misavris kol shedarko. Both say kol shedarko limanoshinin means items which are commonly sold individually. S shedarko limanoshinin means s means items that are exclusively sold as individuals. So Rishlokish says Rabbi Yochanan, do you think that a davar shemaminin is kol shed kol shedarko? No, it means s shedarko. And both say now watch this. Rish Lakish is saying to Rabbi Yochanan, that's why, that's why the cases of the chatos meat that get mixed in with your, with your prime rib, they're batal. Rabbi said, you know why it's batal? Because slices of meat are often sold individually, but not always sold individually. So therefore, they fall into the category of what we call kol shadarkolimnos. Rish Lakish says kol shadarkolimnos, items that are sometimes sold individually, but not always, are batal. It is only items which are exclusively sold individually that are never bottled in a mixture. I will say just the logic is if you have an item that's exclusively sold as an individual entity, that endows it with a hashivos, with an importance. And it's that importance ultimately, again, that prevents it from being bottle barov. I will say, by the way, I'll point out to you something amazing. This is why, you know, we're learning this in, the, in our Hasidus Kabur last night. So much of being a Jew means being part of the Am, being part of the nation, right? Being part of Am Yisrael. So I will say, sometimes when people, when we focus on Achdus and being part of the Klal, what do people often worry about? What do people worry about? But if I'm part of the Klal, if I'm part of the collective, then it must mean that what? I'm bottle. I'm bottle Barov. Where's my individuality? Where's my place? I said, now, Bosei, now you come to this halacha. Ayid is es shedarko limnos. Right? A Jew has individual importance. Every single Jew is so incredibly unique. And every single Jew is so incredibly special. It's Eshadar Kalimnos. We have individual importance. So when you have something that always has individual importance, even if you mix it and put it into the mixture, it's never bottled, Barov. It could become part of the mixture. Become part of the mixture. 
but I'm not bottle in the mixture. That's the beauty of achdos. I'm part of the mixture, part of the mixture. But I don't lose my individuality. I'm not bottle. I'm not lost in a sea of people. Baruch I'm complimented by everyone and everything around me. Back to the Gemara. Maihi. So what's an example of this? We don't have to search for examples. This is great. This nan, so listen to this. This nan. Listen to this case. Let's say someone had bundles. Tilson is fenugreek. Fenugreek. So a person had bundles of fenugreek, of kloyakim, which also means you had illegal fenugreek. You got busted with illegal fenugreek. Right? So also, right, you're trying to smuggle in the illegal fenugreek. So I'll say, so what, what happened? This was, this was kloyakim. So for example, you were growing fenugreek in your vineyard. Not allowed. Not allowed. So now you have a bundle of it. I will say, so it's Klayakarim. What do you do with Klayakarim? What do you have to do with it? You have to destroy it. So I will say, Yidluku. Ultimately, you have to destroy it. This Arubach, it was, ah, now what happens? What happens? Your bundles of fenugreek got mixed in with what? Other permitted bundles of fenugreek. Amadeis, Amadeis. Kulon Yidluku Divrabi Meir. Meir says, you have to burn. You have to burn all of them. You have to burn them. Divrabi Meir. The Cham, the Cham say no. Yalu be'echadu masayim. Chum say that halacha lemaisa, halacha lemaisa, you can go ahead and burn them. Oh, excuse me. Their bottle, as long as what? It's a ratio of 200 to 1. Now, both say, go back to Rashi for just a moment. Kulan yidluku. Rabbi Meir says you have to burn them all. So it says Rashi, delobotli. Delobotli. Ultimately, again, because they're not bottle. Why are they not bottle? Kedik tanitam shari meir omer kol shedarko limnos Mekadish es hamis arev imo vein bottle borov shekloya kerem davrish shein beminyan betelim beacharim supposed to listen to this. Here's an example. Here's an example. And I will say, let's see. I don't know if we Rashi would read in the Gemara. Shere Meir, Rabbi Meir says, Kol shedarko limnos mekadish. Rabbi Meir says, Kol. We'll say, remember again. Let's just remember these terms. Kol shedarko limnos means what? Means what? Any item which what is commonly commonly sold as individual units, ultimately is not bottle in the mixture. Is not bottle in the mixture. That's called Shedarko Limnos. Ultimately says the Gemara, so, and therefore again, fenugreek of us is good to know. Our bundle, right, is fenugreek sold as individual bundles or in bulk? And the answer is, the answer is both. It's more commonly sold as individual bundles, but it's not uncommon for it to be sold in bulk. Rabbi Meir says, since it's commonly sold as individual units that endows each bundle with its own unique chashivos, and that individual chashivos precludes it from being bottle barov, therefore, when your bundle of fenugreek, of kloya kerem, gets mixed in with under other bundles of fenugreek, it's not bottle, you have to burn the entire mixture. The chachamim say no. It's bottle. Now, again, you need a higher ratio, right? You need 200 to 1. But it's bottle. It's bottle. The Chacham say, listen to this. According to the Chachamim, there are only six things. There are only six things that are what we call Kol Shedarko Limnos. Only six things which are exclusively, exclusively sold as individual units and never sold in bulk. Rabbi Kivim Shiva, Rabbi Kivim says it's not six, it's seven. All right, what about say, what are they? This is incredible. Here, here's the list. Here's the list. Eloain, Egoze Prach, Prach Nuts. What else says, Prach is the name of a place. Name of a place. Egoze Prach. What's the way? Yeah, okay. We'll come back to this. We have time. Right? Rimone Badan, 
I will say, so, but also name of a place, pomegranates, pomegranates from place Badan, chavios stumos, sealed bottles, uh, barrels of wine. Sealed barrels of wine, right? Chalfe tradin, the stalks of beets, kolche kruv, the stalks, cabbage stalks, delas yevanis, and ultimately, again, Greek gourds. So again, I will say, again, reflect, I just want to point out, it's not the Pshat, I will say, that this is like a halacha la Moshe Misinai, right? Remember, again, what is this list comprised of, right? Th- this is a list of things that, again, in the marketplace, in the marketplace, were always exclusively sold as individual units and were never sold in bulk. So I'll say, so remember, again, today, today you can go in and come up with a different list, right? Like, uh, you know, like a, a tin of caviar, right? A tin of caviar, I, I don't know, I don't know any caviar, right? A tin of caviar might be something that that's called kol shedarko limnos. No, no one ever buys that in bulk, right? Whatever it might be, the point over here is these are things that are good. So it says the Gemara, Bikiva Mosif, is actually interesting. Bikiva goes ahead and adds in one more, one more item to the list. What's his additional item? Kikaro shabalabayis. I will say, interestingly enough, loaves made by a balabais. I, I bake, I bake bread in my house. I bake bread in my house. I will say that's also called es shadar kolimnos. Why? Which makes sense. Why? I will say because as opposed to a bakery where you're mass producing, right, bread that you make in your house, each loaf is significant, and therefore Allah halamaisa not bottle. Incredible. So I will say. So this is the list. So therefore, the Gemara says. So some items on this list ultimately are subject to the halachos of Arla. Some items on this list are subject to the halachos of Klaya Karem. The point of say over here is if one of these items is Arla and falls into a mixture of non-Arla items, what's going to be the halacha? What's going to be the halacha? Right? It makes everything usser. One of these items is Klaya Karim and falls into a permitted mixture, gonna make everything usser because these items are never bottled. So we'll say, here we go. Rabbi Yochanan Savar S. Shadarko Limnos Shaninu. Vreish Lakish Summer Kol Shadarko Limnos Shaninu. So we'll say, the Machlokes. The Machlokes Rabbi Yochanan Reish Lakish. Remember again, the Machlokes Rabbi Yochanan Reish Lakish ultimately is going to be what? Is going to be Halacha Lamaisa. What is the definition of a Dover Shebeminion? Rabbi Yochanan holds, Kol Shadarko Limnos, as long as an item is commonly sold in bulk, that's going to be enough to endow it with an individual, Chashivos, and ultimately tell you that Halach Alamaisa, Halach Alamaisa, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, thank you. Rabbi Yochanan says, Eshadarko Limnos, if something is exclusively sold as an individual unit, then it'll never be bottled. Rish Lakish, Kol Shadarko Limnos Shaninu, and Rish Lakish will say, no, even if it's not exclusively, but commonly sold, ultimately, again, halacha it will be, it won't be bottle. Now, both say, now, why is this a part? Look at Rashi for just a moment. <clears throat> Rashi says, Rashi says, so I'll say, let's go back. Remember again, how did this entire conversation start? This conversation started because, Rabbi say, remember again, the Mishnah said, the Mishnah said that halacha lemaisa, an androgynous coin who marries his wife, marries a Bas Yisrael, allows her to eat truma. Reish Lakish said, right, only truma and not chazei v'shok. Why only truma and not chazei v'shok? Ultimately, again, because truma is derabanon. Truma is derabanon. 
that we'll say, how did Rish Lakish prove that? Because halacha lamais, again, the case of the truma cake of pressed figs got mixed in with the other non-truma cake of pressed figs. And what? Was bottle. Was bottle. It could only be bottle ultimately, again, because... Because halacha lamaisa, it's truma, it's truma dirabanon. Because otherwise, if it was truma da'oraisa, Rish Lakish holds kol shadarko limnos, anything commonly sold, and commonly sold individually, even if not exclusively, is not bottle. If that's the case, a cake of pressed figs is commonly sold individually, and if it was truma da'oraisa, it should not be bottle. The fact that it's bottle indicates to us what? That it's truma dirabanon. Incredible. To which the Gemara says, my chaticha, was the case of the Chaticha de Sanyo. Chaticha Shachatos Tameyash and it's Arva Bameya Chaticha Shachatos Tauros. If you have a piece of Chatos Tameya, right? The say of a Chatos Tameya that got mixed in with a hundred other pieces of, of Chatos Tahora. The Chaim Prusa Shalechem Haponim Tameya Shinis Arva Bameya Prusa Shalechem Haponim Tauros. Or I will say for that matter, you have a piece of Lechem Haponim. Listen to this. A piece of Lechem Haponim which became Tameh, that got mixed in with a hundred pieces of Lechem HaPanim Tahora. What's Talacha? Tala. Ultimately, again, it's bottle. Wow. It's bottle. It's bottle. To which the Gemara says, Rabbi Huda Omer, Lo Sala. Rabbi Huda says, it's not bottle. Rabbi say Rashi says over here, why is that? Lo Sala. Totally, we're throwing something else, another, another curveball into this. This is something that's not of the opinion that whenever you have two like items which are mixed together, it's not going to be bottle. If you have a situation of a piece of chatas Torah that gets mixed in with a hundred pieces of meat of chulin, or or for that matter, again, a piece of lechem upon him, which gets mixed in with a hundred pieces of chulin bread. Everyone agrees, ultimately, it's not bottle. So we'll have to stop over here. We'll have to stop over here. But Lamais, again, we'll pick up with this piece. But I just want to point out, there's two major machloksim now unfolding over here. Remember, again, there's in general, again, I will say what this, what this started was, as seemingly a machlokes as the status of truma bismanazeh, right? Truma daraisa, truma darabana bismanazeh. And I will say now what it has kind of blossomed into is a general discussion regarding bittel. And specifically, again, do we say kol shadarko limnos or eshadarko limnos? In a davar shebeminyan, when we say a davar shebeminyan is not bottle, what defines a davar shebeminyan? Is it an item eshadarko limnos that is exclusively sold individually? commonly sold individually. We also just threw in here into the mix, Rabbi Hudo holds, min like items are never bottle. The resolution and combination of all these ideas, Emir Hashem, tomorrow.